Welcome to the Origin Z Retcon Podcast. Please note, this podcast may contain explicit language and spoilers. Keep your hands inside the podcast at all times, your seat in an upright position, and your secret identity, secret. And now, here are your hosts, Ian and James. Central, were the bullets recovered from the bodies of Vardis and Lily Hammond so DNA-coded? Yes, Judge Magruder. It could not be otherwise. And what was the result of the computer check of the DNA coding on those bullets? The DNA is a perfect match for Judge Joseph Dredd. You ain't gonna believe this, but you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's gonna be the best kid in the world. This kid's gonna be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. We're gonna have to go through them. Rookie, you ready? Yeah. You look ready. Welcome to episode 7 of the Origin Z Retcon Podcast, I'm Ian. And I'm James, and this week we're looking at Judge Dredd, the man, the comic, in the first movie, then the reboot. Yeah, so uh, guys, first off, apologies for the show not being done last week. Myself and James just major, like, uh, scheduling conflicts. You know, sometimes it happens, because IRL, sometimes it's greater than all. So James, the um, recently the Judge Dredd 3D, or the Dredd 3D as it's just called, flick came out. And uh, we decided, you know, we wanted to have a look at something which is sort of a favourite for the two of us. Well, for me growing up, I, I loved the Dread comics and I kind of liked the Dread movie with Sloan. Now, a lot of people are probably going to fling shit at me for that, but, you know, I'm willing to take it and state <laughs> my case. So, uh, yeah, you went and saw the flick, um, I think it was last week, wasn't it, or the week before? Yeah, it actually came out in the UK and EU a lot sooner than it came out here in America. Um, and then again, Judge Dredd in general was a lot larger in the UK as opposed to North America. Um, they even have a monthly magazine that it's kind of hard for us to get here. Only certain shops or magazine shops actually carry them. Um, they're not very regular in all comic book stores either. Uh, but... I think that the movie was phenomenal. Um, I got hyped up a lot by by reviews from people that saw it in the UK and EU. Um, it was probably a little bit overhyped from their standpoint as the reviews for it dropped a little bit uh, once it hit North American release, um, just from general public. Uh, it, it definitely felt like a full-on action movie that someone could enjoy without knowing what's going on in the Dread universe. But the best thing about it is they stayed roughly connected directly to the comic. They even, in that uh, monthly magazine, they released a a little comic strip for it. Um, I think it's a 10-page comic to give an intro to Mama's World. Yep, that's right. Exactly. They, that's exactly what they did. Um, I suppose sort of one of the contexts we should probably put on this first, just for people, is that 
Um, we're, we've decided we're going to have a look at Judge Dredd in three different facets. We're going to look at Judge Dredd in terms of like the actual comic itself, which people are familiar from, the 2000 AD stuff. Then we're going to look at the, orig- the first movie that was done by Stallone. Uh, and then we're going to have a look at the current one, which is stars Carl Urban in Under the Helmet. Now, just just to put a, a tiny bit of a, a play, place of understanding around it, the original Dread movie, when it was done, they say it roughly cost in around 70 million bucks to make. The And that was back in 1995, which puts it at 17 years ago. My math is correct, and it is. And then the current one actually cost 50 million bucks to make. So like even the current one, that's not a lot of cash by by movie standards, and this is not a the current one is by no means a Hollywood flick. This is a real independent sort of under the table type flick in a lot of respects. So um, I suppose one of the first thing we should talk about is the, the introduction to the world of Judge Dredd. I think it's important just to talk about where this entire universe and that we're going to talk about and this comic verse actually sits in so we can sort of frame uh, how we're going to look at it and how we're going to discern it and take it apart. So, the world of Judge Dredd takes place after the world has basically become a total utter fucking shithole, like a dust bowl, effectively. And there are these pockets of civilization that exist, and they sort of be t- the pockets sort of um, combine up into these just giant fucking cities with these huge towering citadels known as um, mega city blocks, and that's where the world is framed in. And so, like the you've pretty much almost got these like sort of mini cities that are vertical. I think the only comparison I can kind of think of this if you're talking about like um, Hong Kong or Singapore. Yeah, where they have the huge towering apartment buildings. Just because space and real estate has become so scarce and it becomes difficult to start governing um, such a large area and large population. And in this case, it's basically the world has gone to hell in a handbasket. And so pretty much everyone's having to group up into these very small areas and build these huge colossal uh, city blocks. And they're having to live because they're trying to fight for resources. And in amidst of the fight for resources, all sort of law and order and, and semblance of public order. And in general, a lot of public decency is just fallen by the wayside. Like This is actually post-apocalyptic. And if you're not familiar with... Uh, the Judge Dredd material and you're listening to this, the only thing I can sort of give you as a reference point to sort of help your understanding with this is thinking of the world of Mad Max. That kind of just post-apocalyptic lawlessness and these sort of pockets of law enforcement that's become. So in this world, the justice system has completely failed. The system of law and order has completely failed. So out of the ashes of these failures and these collapses is a new form of order that's going to be put on society and it's it's, it comes from a, a group that has become known as like the Halls of Justice. And from these, what happens is you now have got these guys who go on the streets and they're acting as enforcers, they're acting as judge, jury, and executioner. And it's always framed in that respect to you. It's framed in that respect to you in the comics, in the Salone flick, and also in the current flick. It, it's a, you, you're told that up front. And these judges basically, they go out and they do the work of the police officer, but they also do the work of the judge and also do the work of the hangman slash executioner. 
uh, when actually needed to. And it, it, the world is a pretty lawless place. And a lot of people are just trying to get by in the world. But there are others who just see it as an opportunity to act like a bunch of fucking douchebags. Yeah, because there's always the there's a normal police force, but the judge, I guess you would see as like a sheriff or a marshal, more so probably. It's um, a police state, effectively, in a lot of respects, and it's complete and utter martial law. Yeah, and it's very cut and dry to at least for what a judge needs to do. It's essentially that they need to give out verdicts and you know, execute what needs to be done at that time, either be put into cubes, which is a a form of uh, detention, or to be executed if so needed. Um, the thing is, the judge essentially is a, a law enforcer that can bend the laws and essentially do what needs to be done to accomplish and execute their mission. Um, it's very, very... Uh, emotional detached kind of job as you more so see in any of the judges you see it in Judge Dredd and he tries to portray that when in this new movie at least uh, to a rookie that showing that she needs to do what what a judge has to do or she's not going to cut it there's a lot of instances of where she can fail her, her test and the one thing to understand with this world is this world follows the story of one half of a pair of brothers, Judge Joseph Dredd and his brother Rico Dredd. The Stallone flick deals with the uh, progenesis of or the genesis of where Dredd's, uh, Dredd and Rico come from. The new one hasn't really gotten into that, but anyway, so did you, to understand sort of how fucked up this world is and why it focuses specifically on Dredd is that Dredd is actually a clone from the DNA of the very first chief judge from the street judges organization. Uh, his growth was completely artificial, so it, was not, it wasn't a case that he was even a cocktail of, of street judge man juice and they pl- implanted him into someone. And I mean, this guy was born in a test tube and he was grown in a lab very, very quickly so that... Um, they 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 physiologically aged quicker and they were meant to be like basically a superior type of person and like they were supposed to be like a pure um proponent of the law and a pure active component of the law they were meant to be like part of a new breed of human being designed to absolutely carry out the law to the absolute letter and to be like a shining example of how uh, so it's not you can't, can't even say it's justice because it's just law and how it's going to be handled and dealt out and that it'll be dealt out in a very uncompromising manner so this is where this entire thing and why we why you're actually following dread it's because he is basically a genetic experiment and you're following him in this world which has become twisted and dirty and horrible and corrupt and it's got guys who are mutants, guys who engage in cannibalism, and guys who are just like they take violence to a whole new level. And it, it's 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 like society has become a physical manifestation of what has actually become of the earth as as a whole. Yeah, the other is sad but awesome part about it is that a lot of things in the Judge Dread world and and situation is that these are things that actually could come 
to foreseeable future, such as radiation poisoning, causing mutations, things such as like overpopulation and resources being limited. It's um, it's definitely a possible real world view of the future. It's not going to be something drastically like to the T of the technology and things like that, but the living situation and the law enforcement or martial law that's imposed is something that could very well be a reality as well. Yeah, it's so this is just sort of gives you a context. If you're not familiar with the story of Judge Dredd, it's to sort of give you some context to it. I mean everyone I think who's into comic books has got some sort of exposure or a knowledge of this character in the universe and the uh, the fictional stories that surround where he comes from. They, maybe they don't know the full details because, let's face it, Dread is not as pushed in your face as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So that's where the, this entire world sits. So when we're we're taking a dive into this world, for me and for you, like I think we came to the decision that you know the first place we're going to dive in is because it's there's no point in avoiding it. It's blatantly obvious. Let's talk about the Stallone movie. Back in yeah, <laughs> the Stallone movie itself was a good action movie, but um, when they first marketed it, it was to be this, you know, adaptation of the comic books. So it was supposed to be Judge Dredd. Um, they later announced after the release in the fan reviews and people being very disappointed with the film overall, they said, well, it's loosely based on the comic. Uh, because originally they were actually going to stick very close to the comic, even so much where they asked uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger to be Judge Dredd first before Stallone, and he denied the role because they specifically told him repeatedly that he was not going to get actual physical face time. He was never going to be taking off the helmet. Um, and this is something they ended up breaking anyways, uh, once the movie was in production and they had Stallone as an actor. Um, the movie itself was, wasn't necessarily poorly acted, but it feels as though it was poorly uh, produced or directed as the directing team and production team really didn't have a grasp or, or understanding of what the Judge Dread world is and didn't stay close to it at all. Yeah, I mean, to, to put a, again, I think we're, I'm going to be using this phrase a lot, to put some perspective on this, okay? In 1995, the decision by a Hollywood studio to greenlight a live-action version of a comic book, not alone a comic book that it was uh, one which was not as kid-friendly or as family-friendly as, say, some of the Marvel stuff is or can be, but one that was also not as well-known as those, was a colossal fucking jump for any studio to make. And it was also very, very ahead of their time because people were not making comic book movies back in 1995. Taking the, the idea of a comic book and turning it into a live-action movie, you might as well have gone in there and decided that... You, you're going to have a jump from like the 1940s style of movie making to movie making in like the 1980s. Like that's how big a jump this actually was. 
and James is so right with this. Like Schwarzenegger was actually offered this, and Schwarzenegger, I think his involvement in this also came from like uh, Andrew G. Vanja, who was one of the producers on the movie, because yeah. he would have worked with him on a couple of flicks from the eighties. I think most notably uh, would have been the Terminator movie. Uh, that's where they w- they would have done had that initial hookup from the Terminator flicks and all the movies that Schwarzenegger did at Carlco, because Vanja seems to have done an awful lot of flicks at Carlco as well. Um, but yeah, so and but Schwarzenegger wasn't that keen on you know the no FaceTime deal, so he was just like, nah, I'm out of here, dude. This isn't for me. Uh, the movie itself then sort of got wound back, and it's it, it it's when they did that wind back on us, fans took it as an insult to the treatment of their character. In fact, it, it, it to be honest, the reaction then is no different to the reaction we see now when a comic book character and something which is so beloved and has an awful lot of fans and time invested in fans affinity for characters gets involved and it gets transferred in and it's like what the fuck have you just done with that i don't believe you just did that fans took real exception to it and when it came out that they did that stallone was losing the lid for most of the flick fans lost their damn minds yeah another big controversial thing was the whole um judge mythology where a judge itself to be a judge you have to follow a certain set of rules and that's things such as like upholding the law executions and also prohibit prohibiting any kind of relationship physical relationship or emotional relationship with anyone not necessarily with a judge or not necessarily with um, a co-worker or anything like that but with anyone at all just because of the dangers and the restrictions of a judge and what they have to do there is a need for no leverage to be against them if you were a judge you were putting your cock on lock and, and if you're a female judge you were locking that shit up tighter than a <laughs> kind of duck's backside underwater yeah, and, and sadly, what they did in the original Judge Dredd movie, they embellished the relationship between Judge Hershey and Judge Dredd. Uh, and they did it to such a degree where they actually started to become emotionally in relationship involved. Uh, and you can see this throughout the comic multiple times where Judge Hershey wasn't even really a romantic interest. She was just someone that, you know, that always inspired Judge Dredd to do his job and he had a different romantic interest in the comics that he constantly constantly like denied her advances and she actually left being a judge so she could try to pursue him further and then still rejected by him so it's a situation where that really really pissed off a lot of people that they started to deviate even further from the judge dread storyline and in the comic so that's when they started saying well it's loosely based around the comic pretty much just the same character names yeah and the again the other things that sort of annoyed people as well and especially guys who were hardcore fans is they a lot of them took issue with the joseph and rico story in it and the way that that was actually played out on the screen a lot of people didn't particularly like it. An awful lot of people also particularly didn't like the way that the uh, the Angel Gang basically were just treated as a stopgap to move from one particular part of a story to the other. Because the Angel Gang are such an important and integral. They're just a, a, a big badass heap of trouble in the comics. 
Yeah, and they got and they got reduced to like just to be able to take a story through a five minute or or eight minute segue, and a lot of people seem to take issue with that, especially because you know uh, when you're talking about the the Angel Gang themselves is I mean there's I don't think there's anything sort of more iconic than Mean Machine uh, from the Angel Gang. Like again, if you, anyone who's familiar with the comics for this, and if you even have a periphery thing, it's the one thing that you actually can remember if someone asks you to describe something that you may have seen about uh, the Judge Dredd comic book world. And you, there is no way around Mean Machine. Like, you can't miss. He's the dude that like has metal implants in him. Like half his head has been taken away and replaced by uh, by steel and. He's just like a really mean SOB. Yeah, and, and to try and put like the perspective on the Angel Gang even further is like the Angel Gang is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, protagonists in the entire storyline in the Judge Dread. Exactly. And as quickly as they dismiss them to try and get to their story, it really pissed off a lot of people. Um, in addition, with that, one thing that the new movie did that was good is they put out context to the movie before the movie was released like a 10 page comic uh whereas with the other movie in 1995 they put out a one-off comic after the movie um which tried to tie it into the movie to give some explanation of why they did it that way. They tried to wreck on the shit out of it. <laughs> now Judge Dredd isn't from you know, isn't uh, a comic that is not familiar with like one-offs or alternate stories because it has quite a few. Yeah. Um, it's exactly. just that it wasn't really like a really good one-off. It was just kind of like a patch up and end the movie for you. Whereas the movie was kind of poorly done in doing so with keeping with the storyline. Um, so it really, it was done by DC comics. So it was actually well written but it was a little bit too late and not a lot of people even bother reading it or checking it out just yeah. because they were so disappointed with the movie. And another thing that seemed to like get a lot of people's uh, dander up was the fact that Gianni Versace was uh, contracted to design the outfit for Judge Dredd and the gold codpiece really, really pissed off a lot of people. I mean, the rest of the, to me... And this is just me, and I know I'm like on this episode, I am gonna take so much shit from people for, for my views on this because my views do not necessarily tie in with how every all a lot of the fanboy QQ around this movie. I had no problems with what Versace actually designed for this flick at all. The I did have issue with the cod piece because it looked really out of place, and you know it's cod pieces in movies. I'm like, do we really do we have to do that? The rest of the outfit perfectly okay with i mean it like f leaving aside the expectations of a fanboy it's a great fucking popcorn flick mm, yeah it's a good action flick it's a good movie to see it does have a lot of action in it i mean it's the typical stallone beat him up shoot him up you know something you know, if, that if you watch, can live with demolition man you can fucking live with this yeah Taco Bells are wonderful. well actually it's not that different to be honest it really is when you if you watch judge dread and then afterwards, just leave a couple hours or a couple of days and then watch Demolition Man. You've watched the exact same fucking movie. Yeah, that's that's the only problem that I honestly have is sometimes when I try to remember both movies. Because I had to rewatch the 1995 one. Because 
they're so very identical, very close to each other. Like, you mix scenes into them. You just got to remember any scene with Wesley Snipes is not Judge Dredd. So <laughs> it's something that, uh, it's something where Judge Dredd didn't have anything to really define it as an individual movie. It was just another action movie that they did during the summer. I wasn't too impressed with the outfits. I mean, the uh, pauldrons was really nice. The helmet was really well designed it looks really good um it's just that i love the lawgiver the lawgiver you have to give it in the in the salon flick the lawgiver looks fucking mean yeah yeah it does it's and just it is that, badass <laughs> it's just that the rest of the um the outfit doesn't really seem what a judge doesn't would wear in a situation yeah I mean, this is time where this is this movie came out during the era of Batman, Batman Returns, and um, Batman Forever, or Batman and Robin. Uh, no, I was thinking no, was no, Batman. Robin is much later. This is, would have been around yeah. the 1992 is Batman, 1995. You're still talking about, I think, probably around the time the Batman to its time Batman Returns was sort of being put out there so it was the only one i mean the 90s wasn't a great period of time for comic book movies uh in terms of like just extremes of where they went to it again it was quite a the only real experiment at that stage was the superman movies previously to that which is done by chris reeves where you're they were you're really your only other sort of benchmark for this kind of thing and then the first flick that burton actually did as well um and you know James is so right when he says this. It, it's it the benchmarking of everything. It's there's a lot of guys who were doing these flicks, and there was an awful lot of cash which was on the line for them. Because again, I really can't stress how big a fucking jump and a risk this was. I mean, Hollywood doesn't take any risks anymore. Everything is like it's no, they don't make risky movies. They just fucking keep going and bastardizing stuff over and over again until they literally get every squeeze every fucking cent out of the thing. When they were doing these flicks, these were like there was guys in there who were running the uh, the studios who just walked, and they were doing it with giant fucking balls for these. So like it, it's you, it's a, they are they stand as a testament to guys who were in Hollywood who walked around with giant fucking cojones. Yeah, they had a really big um, ego to where they felt they could market it enough. They were brave. It would, it would be blockbuster sellout. And um, it it worked well for a lot of movies. It got a lot of movies produced that wouldn't have seen any kind of air time, like airtime at all. Um, and as I mentioned, the movie is a good action flick. It's just not a Judge Dredd flick. It it really really like I wouldn't watch it if I wanted to watch Judge Dredd or see Judge Dredd. I would I would rather just go and read a comic or something like that. Um, it still it managed really to make doesn't... its money back and and take back a good bid off it as well. Like for seventy yeah. million spent, like the whole thing worldwide grossed like about one hundred and fourteen million bucks. You yeah. know, by any by by even today's standards, they no one would be that pissed off at that in terms of the box office because if, if they were looking at that, they'd have been like, okay, by the time this thing sort of jumps out of the theatres, we're looking at about four weeks and it's and you're, you're already on the path to DVD and Blu-ray at that stage. And for some of the television stations, they like, for example, Sky, uh, Rupert Murdoch's company in the UK, they have Sky Movies and that would already be sort of beelining its way to, to Sky Movies within sort of six weeks of it leaving the theaters. 
Yeah, I mean, it it did really well uh, marketing-wise. Like, they had big-name actors. They had the the revenue return. And then, of course, it's still going to do well on DVD or renting um, because it still was a summer blockbuster movie that sold because uh, the, the budget for them to market it and throw Stallone's name on there was very obvious. Like Stallone is written in big bold letters on that that case. So it. I mean, you, Stallone's fucking do. noggin and chin in that. Uh, you know, that's the one thing as well. Stallone's chin fitted that that lid. I don't care what anyone says. Compared to Urban for the new one, I think Stallone's head fits that lid a lot better. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, he because Stallone is very built for that superhero, um, rough-looking guy that would have no emotion. For one, you can't understand him when he speaks unless he pronunciates really well. So he naturally has a really deep voice. He has the chisel-cut chin and jawline, and it just looks very rugged and very close to Judge Dredd alone, just from the shaping that you see underneath the helmet. Like, I really wish they never took the helmet off during the the first movie because he fits the... His face fits the actual perception of Judge Dredd in the comics very, very closely. Just to sort of put a little tiny bit more perspective on this, just so we can sort of close out of this and move into the, uh, the, the rebooted one. This movie actually sits in a, a, a period of a couple of years in Stallone's career where I like to call them the shithouse years. Um, this falls in off the back of like, uh, Rocky V was 1990. 91 you'd Oscar, 92 you'd Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, 93 Cliffhanger, 93 Demolition Man, 94 that piece of shit we did with Sharon Stone, The Specialist, and then the same year... He also had uh, Dread coming out, and then he had Assassins, and then Daylight. I mean, so you're like I said, this actually falls into that period where Sloan was coming off the back of Rocky Five and Tango and Cash, which were some fantastic movies. So we'd all done the Rocky and the Rambo flicks and the the back end, uh, the previous decade, and then he's got this sort of shit house section of his career. And Demolition Man, you know, if he'd already played that. Um, the character of Dread already in that with the uh, the John Spartan character. You know, I love Demolition Man. If it's on TV, I'll sit there and watch it with absolutely no problems. If I'm like, shit, I just want a movie oh, yeah. to watch and switch my brain off to, I'll stick it on because I still like it. Yeah, I really, really do. like. I, honestly, I like Demolition Man a lot better than Judge Dread, the original movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very identical and it, it feels uh, that Demolition Man is a lot more fast-paced. So there was a lot of movies that he did during that time. Like Assassins was in 1995 as well. So I mean, it, I'm not. It was not really an issue or concern about like quality of acting or anything like that. It was, no, but I he's really in that feel... period of time where he had a he had so many movies that just just went shit house on him. Uh, yeah. Demolition Man got a very mixed one. The Specialist took a fucking beating from critics. It took a beating at the box office, and people just really shit on that flick heavily. Uh, Dread, when it came out, another movie that people just shit on. And then, like, Assassins. Assassins did not get a good, re- good receipt in the box office, and people, people in general, 
and Daylight didn't either, even The Good Life. In fact, it took all the way till 1997 with Copland, which is the most un-Stallone movie ever fucking made for him to even be able to pick up any kind of kudos again. I mean, that's a long time to be in the wilderness. You're talking about 1990 rocking up into 1997 after you've spent the previous decade just fucking tearing the shit out of the box office. Yeah, it was definitely a situation where everyone was just trying to grab him to throw his name on things, and no one was really up for putting him into the next big action film. Um, So he kind of just got these... So I guess you'd consider them side gigs where he did side <laughs> movies side that gig. was I mean, I was just paying high money to have his name on the ballot. I mean, he where... was in Ants for Christ's sake. Yeah. And this is Sly Stallone. <laughs> this is like Rocky and Rambo, dude. This is like Cobra himself. And uh, uh, and if you want, like, this is Tango. The dude is in a kid's movie called Ants. You know that you're in sort of, you're hitting shithouse when that happens. Well, he also did Spy Kids. In the I, I know. <laughs> but uh overall i think it was judge dread itself was a very very good action movie it was acted very well um it's just that the production team and the director had no grasp on the judge dread world or gave up on it because they were just trying to make money and make it a uh a action film yeah, uh, if it's it, it, it's 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 of its time. It, it's very very of its time. Yeah, the the only problem is that uh, it did run into that era of bad movies for superhero movies. So then after Judge Dredd kind of bombed and and also with Batman and Robin, it kind of it did hurt the comic movie coming out for some time until i think like 2000 for x-men yep joel schumacher pretty much nearly killed it for everybody (laughs) oh we're not done with that but anyway out of the depression of talking about the old movie let's talk about the new movie the new phenomenal movie that i love so i actually i really love this movie it's really really good i really really enjoyed it oh i'm gonna get hated for what i'm gonna say (laughs) i had huge expectations for it it delivered on a lot of the small things that i was looking for to pay attention to in the judge dread universe and i was just very very happy about the entire thing starting from their marketing team costume design and going all the way through to the end of the movie including the the ending was very well done as well yeah this movie when it got announced um fans of dread got super fucking apprehensive as apprehensive as they were the first time round when they were like yeah look we're making this it's okay trust us with this they're like okay you guys already bit us once you're going to fucking try and bite us again. And at the moment, they're like, they're looking around going, okay, I'm seeing a lot of Marvel stuff. I'm seeing a lot of DC stuff. I'm seeing obscure DC stuff like uh, Jonah Hex. I'm seeing stuff like Watchmen. I'm seeing things like The Spirit. And they're seeing stuff like that. And they're going, okay, you guys have treated some of those things with a lot of respect. They're looking at the Batman flicks Nolan did and going, you know what? He treated them with a lot of fucking respect. And they're like, okay, I understand that you might be doing this as a cash cow thing, because you're like, okay, seems to be an appetite for this, let's have another go at this. Uh, especially when some, again, Nolan stuff being very earnest and being upfront and the Jonah Hex flick, you know, I think the Jonah Hex flick uh, took a lot of shit when it didn't need to, I kind of like it. Um, yeah, it, it just didn't have like a really The Watchmen, 
putting a big a, a big giant blue dong up on screen around the world. Uh, so, you know, if people... <laughs> Everyone to... appreciated that. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing like going into a flick with someone who, who's not familiar with The Watchmen and you're like, yeah, look, we should go see this because this is going to be awesome. And then you haven't forewarned them that, by the way, halfway through, there's going to be like an 18-foot high dick right in front of their fucking face. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it was it was something that was so enjoyed this, by by the children. No, but this so this <laughs> dread flick like carried a huge weight of expectation, and when there was no real major names, I mean, okay, I, I feel kind of I'm not being disrespectful to Carl Urban. I think he's a fantastic actor. I've loved an awful lot of the stuff that he's been in. I, I especially love his character of Lord Vaco in uh, The Chronicles of Riddick. I think he played that fucking character like a total motherfucking badass. Um, but when you, you're looking at it and you're going, okay, there's no real big names. And then you're like, okay, it's only like a $50 million flick. He, people got worried. In fact, they got they went from worried to be shitting their fucking shorts about this flick, and they're like, oh, please don't fucking burn a second time. And when they said, look, the dude is not losing his lid at all. It ain't happening. Lid stays on. People were like, okay, thank you. You know, that's the minimum that they just wanted to fucking see, and they got that. Uh, And again, like, we're looking at so many reboots happening, and some people are like, okay, well, the reboots weren't great. Like, okay, I can only think of a couple of reboots that... I've actually went well. I think the Hulk reboot that was done by Norton over the Ang Lee one was a huge, massive improvement. That definitely worked. The Spider-Man reboot that was done, I'm kind of hit and miss on it. Um, the the Batman reboot, totally. The Superman reboot, reboot that was done um, was kind of hit and miss. And there's some people who love it and some people who utterly hate it. Uh, but I think that's just because of the iconic nature of what uh, Chris Reeves did originally with that character and that those flicks are just so fucking iconic. Um, so there was an awful lot done on this and I think they, the one thing that was good with this is that they did kind of keep the fans in the loop what the fuck was going on with the flick. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is that um, they stayed connected with the fans of Judge Dredd and made sure to try and reassure them that the principles of this movie is based off of Judge Dredd and not just an action film like the previous. They really wanted to detach themselves from the 1995 movie. Uh, They made sure to do that by, firstly, the first thing that they did was they got Mark Simpson, or a lot of people know him as Jock, um, to do the concept art and the poster art for the movie to show their dedication to how much they want this movie to succeed and how much they want to do this for fans. Um, It was something that was a big step that helped reassure some people because the concept art just looked phenomenal. Um, It it showed a lot more of the gritty aspect of the Dread world rather than being so bright and shiny. Yeah. If anyone who's, uh, again, like... We're going to talk and explain some of this stuff. And there are guys who are listening to this who will be familiar with um, the world of Judge Dredd. But the people who aren't, the inclusion of Jock on this or, or Mark Simpson is fucking huge. And to get some understanding about this is this wasn't 
uh, Simpsons' first gig in working with movies. The dude's worked on the Batman Begins flick doing the concept art. He's also done the concept art for Dune. Again, that's a huge fucking fan flick that's... Again, they, they could earn, they could earn a lot of shit falling their way if that doesn't come out right. He worked on the Battleship movie, which, you know, it's... That's a bargain basement flick. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. And then you got the yeah. Will Smith uh, superhero flick, Hancock, which I really, really love. So, like, this guy... Uh, he's also like his career started at 2000 AD and he actually worked on the original Judge Dredd so you know what if you want to talk about your um, a guy who's totally invested in uh, Judge Dredd as a character and as a property and as a, a comic book world to live and breathe in this guy being involved in doing the concept art you know you're only short of just like having the guys who did the original writing like write the fucking thing yeah and on top of that speaking of getting the people that wrote the thing the before this went into full production uh john wagner gave a huge thumbs up and approval for this uh quoting him he said i've read the script by Alex Garland and seen Jock's visuals. While I can't go into detail about the content, I can say that it's high-octane, edge-of-the-seat stuff and gives a far truer representation of Dread than the first movie. I hated the plot. It was Dread pressed through the Hollywood cliché mill, a dyna- um, I'm sorry, a dynastic power a dynastic power struggle that had little connection with the character we know from the comic. So with him giving a huge approval to this, it was something that really got people behind it even more. Yeah. The other thing you also need to realize that this is, Jesus, we're going to be explaining an awful lot of stuff to people as are going along. Uh, the John Wagner giving his thumbs up and it being a huge deal is that Wagner was the co-creator with uh, Carlos Escara of Judge Dredd. And of the character itself um so then this dude was he was really really unhappy about the uh the treatment of the character in the stallone flick uh and in this one like this dude like totally signed off on it and gave his deal and you know this guy is like he he has a dog in the fight because you know this is his baby uh, this came from his brain. Like he has a, a huge invested and a vested interest in the whole thing, and his shit being treated right. He reminds me of uh, Alan Moore and Alan Moore's uh, take on um, Watchmen, where he's like, "No, uh, uh-uh, you ain't fucking doing that with my fucking shit, dude." But they did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the biggest thing is like uh, with him backing this him being the creator a co-creator of dread and and being very very attached to it and but him he's being still involved in okay. it today like oh yeah dude still like writes works on the uh judge dread magazine like on storatorium dog and, and actual judge dread as well and for for 2000 ad like so this isn't a dude who like uh, who did this years ago walked away it stayed at a comic book publisher's house and someone else continued to take the work and stay on with it this dude still fucking lives and eats shit sleeps and shits judge dread like as part of his life today so again this dude like still signing off on it the hugeness of it, it, it again this is it fed back into the fans of only just taking the expectation and shifting it up another level so if you thought there was expectation back in like 94 when they were said they were doing the fucking flick with stallone like the expectation now with this and the one hand you've got the 
the cringe factor sitting there and they're like, please don't fucking take a shit in this again. And I mixed that with the, oh God, like if these guys are signing off on it, I hope it doesn't translate over to this as being a bag of cat shit. Yeah. And, and I, personally, I feel that it was, it was really done really true to the comic and, and really, I side with Wagner in this. Like, I think the movie and script was done very, very well. Um, and it, it really gave me more anticipation to see the movie after he gave approval, because that was a big thing with some of the Marvel movies was that Stan Lee gave approval of certain ones. He didn't necessarily read the script and go through every single one, such as the Angley Hawk. Um, even he was disappointed with that one. Yeah. Um, so again, yeah, completely agree with that. I mean, so like you just we're, what we're trying to do here is we're just trying to frame for you like where this reboot comes because there's some people who reboot and they just look at it and go, yeah, someone in Hollywood needs to pick up a payday or they have a new house in Malibu they need to pay for, or they have a trip to Cancun and some hookers to pay off so they don't end up in uh, USA Today or or the <laughs> Washington Post or the fucking New York Times, um, or end up on on Geraldo for fuck's sake. Um, so this is like, uh, again, huge, in one respect, how do I put this? It takes kind of balls to actually turn around and go, you know what, to take something like Judge Dredd and go, you know, I'm going to green like this to get remade. You know, it takes, I think it takes a lot more balls to, to do this than to sign off on a remake of the Batman flicks. Being brutally honest, I think it took, I think it a lot more balls for this, especially because number one, not as well known. Number two, this is like a real special interest comic and character. And I don't say that to be disingenuous. I don't say it to disrespect 2000 AD or Judge Dredd as a comic book. Because fuck it. I mean, I read enough of this shit when I was growing up. And occasionally I, I still like to cast my eye over it. I would be nowhere near as uh, voracious in terms of how I would consume the 2000 AD stuff right now. Compared to like when I was... Like, uh, 15, 16, which is, and that's a long time ago, kids. Um, so this is a lot. Now, the other thing with this flick that raised the expectation was they turned around and they used the phrase, yeah, we're making this in 3D, and no, it's not going to be post-production 3D. We're actually shooting this in 3D. And 3D for a lot of people is a real hit and miss and, and James, people really fucking, they started sitting on the edge of their seats and yeah. like ch chomping on their fucking fingers when they heard this. Yeah, um, this was something that was really, really important because the movie itself is relatively low budget. And to be able to get approved for 3D before production was a huge thing for them. Um, because it was something like an uh, action flick. That's kind of what people generally want to see is 3D. But being able to start it and filming it directly in 3D and made for 3D, it's a lot better than some of the other early on 3D that we've seen in the past. Like some people just get headaches. Some people just hate it. And it just feels clunky. Or it doesn't even feel like it's being noticed, such as like in the Star Wars films. Or um, the though, um, the one with uh, oh, what the fuck is it called? Clash of the Titans. Yeah, because even though that they have the dimensions of what was f so far away, things like that, so they can give the impression of it being three D. Yeah. 
isn't even near the same of being actually filmed in 3D. Yeah. It's the depth um, additions is, is the what causes people a lot of the problems. Yeah, the 3D in this movie, like, after hearing that, I was really, really excited that it was going to be shot in 3D. And then once I actually seen it, it was fun- it was insanely phenomenal. Like, the 3D in this is constant throughout the entire movie, and it really gives you the feeling of that, like, things are 3D constantly without really having to not necessarily notice them, but adjust your eyes. Like, you see things pass in front of the characters, and they feel like they are actually 3D. This is probably one of the only movies that I would actually go see a second time in 3D because normally you want to see it once for the experience, but when you go see the movie a second time, if it was in 3D, you're like, mm, don't really need to. But when this movie, it's not necessarily necessary, but it's wanted. Like you actually want to see it again in 3D. Uh, the best thing about this is they are also working for that the Blu-ray and DVD will also be 3D as well, the same kind of filming that they used. So there's no kind of post-production adjustments or anything like that done to the home movie. You know, I'm about to upset a lot of people right now. Uh, I'm warning people in advance. You know what? You take the 3D out of this flick, and you've got fucking nothing. I, and I'm I'm being I'm not being disingenuous when I say that the 3D in it is utterly fantastic. Okay, but but and I say this with a huge but, the 3D in this flick is only really used, and its re- its effectiveness is only really used when you're seeing some of the drug-taking scenes being put portrayed in 3D, especially that opening chase scene, which everyone has seen in the fucking trailers, and I don't care if I'm spoiling stuff, because we do spoilers on this show, and we warn you in advance when you're listening to the starter show. Uh, so you see them when they're in the car, and you see the... the the colors are very vivid and they're very in your face and it's fantastic and just the way the whole thing sort of looks as they're taking the slow-mo drug. Uh, that's another thing that fucking bugs me with this flick, but we'll come to that in a little bit. And also the 3D actually being used to uh, add a level of salaciousness to the violence in terms of trying to uh, make the violence seem more, especially when you see things like bullets ripping through and skin rippling outwards from people's faces. You take that shit out of it, and this movie falls on its ass straight away. The 3D is nothing more than a MacGuffin for this. And it's, you know what? It's the same thing as. I kind of got to the end of this, and like with the 3D, my feeling about the 3D is the same level of disappointment that I had. When I got to the end of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And at the end of that flick I was like, fucking aliens? Aliens? What the? Indiana Jones and fucking aliens? Really? Are you that fuck? You set me up for this, you fucking cocksucker, Lucas. And you know, when I got to the end of this flick with the 3D, because I was excited. I was like, okay, a comic book movie that's designed only in 3D. It's either going to do one of two things. One, it's going to suck man bag. Or two, it's actually going to be awesome. And you know what? It's... It wasn't awesome, but it, and it didn't suck man bag, but I was like, the entire flick for me, uh, it was the same feeling. I got so fucking disappointed because the action sequences themselves in terms of that sequence where they have the huge Gatling guns and they're raining down fire across the thing. That should have been, the 3D should have been used to amplify that and make that better. But I don't want to see some dude's fucking skin getting torn open in 3D. Um, fuck that shit. I mean, like, I know um, <laughs> I grew up with this stuff and I, um, I, I grew up with this comic. And what the I, I'm not uh, ignorant to the fact, you know, violence that's portrayed in the world of Judge Dredd is, it is extreme. But 
you take the 3D out of that mix, and it's why it ha- if it, if it went on 2D for DVD and Blu-ray, it would be fucked. Well, I can see where, especially for those scenes, the 3D brings a lot more depth to what's actually happening. Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought that the use of I don't know if they used a I doubt they used a phantom camera, but uh, just the use of them slowing it down with the 3D, I I really liked it. I thought it looked amazing. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I can't really say what it, how good it would look specifically in 2D. Uh, it definitely wouldn't have the same impact. No, it to- even the that's what it is. All those scenes where it's actually used to amplify those and to give some, I won't say depth because it's horseshit when you're talking about depth and you're talking about like extreme violence and butchery. Um, but when it's sort of it, it makes it more impactful. The fact is that you can see a lot of details that you wouldn't. If that was stripped back into two D. I can guarantee you, it, it completely loses any of its impact at that point, and it 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 it, it feels flat. Yeah, I I guess it could feel very fl- because that's the biggest thing that they do use the 3D for is like the close up things, or exactly. the more confrontational in your face kind of stuff. So they miss it for the other things like the perspectives I mean, of the, the, the looking the down the building. The biggest scene that you see, yeah, things such as like looking down the buildings. They don't really use it during the Gatling fight. They more so only use it. Um, Close confrontational. The biggest wide angle you may see with the 3D is probably when he uses the uh, incendiary uh, round. Incendiary. Oh, that. Do you yeah. know what? I'll give. I'll give the one thing with that. They, that looked awesome with that. The one place to where I would have expected the 3D to be used to a much better effect is that panoramic shot as it's fucking coming in across over Mega City. Yeah, that would have been. Well, you see it in the Ford round a little bit. Um, but, but it wasn't as that should have been that should have smashed me right in the face straight away with 3D. Yeah, it would have added a lot more depth to it. I agree with that. Um, that's something that could have been added to make it feel as they're going up stairs and and moving around inside the building, giving that sense of that you are actually in that fucking corridor with them as well, and you know they can fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. They they took a lot of time to specifically make sure that everything looked good in 3d so i mean if they definitely did it with those wider angle shots or larger picture shots um i'm not sure how much production time would necessarily take for that i I doubt very but you also are aware when you put this into it when you're very aware when you put this into it that it's a 50 million dollar flick and you know what you can see every fucking limitation of the 3d as a result of that because you know the most expensive part of this flick was the 3d stuff yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's definitely what bumped their budget up. Um, unfortunately, it's something that also might cause us not to go into a trilogy like they were kind of wanting to, uh, specifically because of the box office numbers, at least opening weekend in the U.S. Um, it was kind of, of a letdown. Yeah, when you turn around to people and you say it's a, it's a 3D-only flick, you had... The, the problem is you set yourself up for two falls. Number one, you don't have the 2D crowd uh, uh, or the traditional uh, viewings to fall back on, which will, for people who are like, eh, there's nothing else on I want to watch, I might as well go watch that. Um, and you, the second thing you lose is the guys who will buy into the 3D stuff and will go see it. If you don't meet their expectations on the 3D delivery 
apart from like saying to people that like uh, there are a lot of 3D movies did only as well as they did by people coming out and going you know I actually really enjoyed watching that as 3D I had a great experience watching that you know you should go and have a look at the 3D movie next time it comes in or you should watch this movie in 3D for people who got disappointed by this there you had nowhere to go to be able to say to people yeah in 3D it wasn't fucking worth it you might as well just save yourself a couple of bucks and watch it in normal so again, there was yeah. a double impact with it, which just, you know, and the, 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 as we were talking about earlier in the show that, uh, studio executives are a bunch of fucking small beanbag, like cowardly bastards when it comes to greenlighting movies. So if the, if this movie doesn't perform well, they're not going to make follow-ups and you know what? And then that just makes the, uh, the context for this movie as it is. 10 times worse yeah and that's that's the only really big thing that does disappoint me that there is no 2d version um i i know a lot of people that don't see 3d movies specifically because it gives them a headache or they have glasses and 3d glasses doesn't fit well over their normal glasses so for that crowd it's kind of sucky that they don't get to really experience it um, and it, it definitely hurt the box office numbers no matter what. Cause it's people... also going to hurt the Blu-ray and DVD sales too. It's going to hurt oh, that yeah. even worse because what you're looking at is that every time something goes out into the box office, you're hoping that you're going to at least pick up, um, I think in the U.S. box office, I think the, the general thing they're looking at is they'd like to at least take back 50% of the outlay if they can in the box mm-hmm. office. Not necessarily in the opening, but, you know, at least that that initial sort of chowdown period where people just get real... There's a huge influx of people who want to watch the flick and it's very difficult to uh, be able to get tickets for it. You know yourself, when they actually have to add viewings and stuff. And mm-hmm. when you're hoping is, like, they now the lead times to get out to DVD and Blu-ray are literally within... A month of it leaving the theaters because of the uh, the whole piracy issue. So I like it. when you decide to tell people that you know that you're only going to get this on 3D. How many people actually have 3D players, let alone or 3D TVs, let alone uh, fucking like 3D t- DVD players? Like there's people who have 3D TVs. And they're like, okay, for, for the TV side of it, it's cool. But they don't have 3D DVD players because they're like, well, I don't really have any 3D DVDs. And, you know, I'm not a fan of Jimmy Cameron's blue giant fucking Smurfs running around. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is like, um, I, I don't know if, I mean, they could definitely change their mind when they come out with it or released on Blu-ray or DVD that they have a 2D version available. Um, it would be a good call on them because they can, I mean, they can manipulate the film to specifically post-production have 2D. But you so, also then invite the second crowd to that is, well, why didn't you give me a fucking 2D option in the theaters, you fucking douchebags? Yeah, it's something that really at this point, they may have possibly not thought it through completely and thought that the 3D would bring a bigger crowd. And that's all they would have to really worry about. Um, they maybe they just didn't realize how much paying an extra two dollars really pisses off some people. It was fifteen euros for me to actually go and watch this flick, and to put that in perspective for you, fifteen euros is like paying twenty bucks. Oh wow! For us, it was like fourteen. Yeah, like a pay- normal movie is twelve, and then this was fourteen. Yeah, I had to pay like the equivalent of about twenty bucks to actually watch this flick. 
just oh, for my oh, ticket. No. That's it. Just for my ticket. They threw the glasses in, and I'm like, well, I don't give a shit because I've got a collection of 3D glasses, and I always bring my glasses with me because I'm not paying five bucks for my glasses when I turn up at the theaters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it definitely is a price hike, and that turns away a lot of people. Um, especially if... It, I mean, it would have been nice to have it in IMAX 3D, but if it was IMAX 3D, that's when it starts to get really, really big in price. Um, so it, it starts becoming more and more frustrating when you're trying to see a movie, and it's just not... I mean, it's not available to what you want to see it as. So it it really turns away a lot of moviegoers, especially still on short budgets and things like that at the moment. Yeah, you know, we can beat up on this thing all day. and We really, really could. It's very, very easy to kind of lend itself to with this flick. But you know what? Let's move it along to um, a couple of things with this flick that are real standard, as myself and James have been talking about, is the, the scenes, especially the scenes involving the slow-mo drug. Uh, I mean, there are your... To be quite honest, they're kind of like your cliche drug scene, drug taking scenes where everything is in slow motion. And in this flick, the uh, the drug is a drug called slow mo, which slows down time for you, man. It's like yeah, but every other movie I've ever seen drugs being taken in, uh, stuff does get all slowed down, especially if it's like weed that they're portraying in flicks or anything which is an an inhalant kind of drug. Uh, but the other sort of visual effects that I think are important to this, and it's a good thing for us to jump into with this is, now, is this flick lost the um, the very futuristic type of look at things, and it went to more closer to okay, if the world went to hell in a handbasket, we ended up with the cursed earth, or cursed earth, would we end up with uh, flying fucking cars and everything looking all kind of futuristic and and the way the view that's presented in the Stallone flick, or do you end up with this very gritty kind of shithouse kind of world where you've got the dirty bosses and the very Mad Max kind of thing in terms of the vehicles, you know, things that are carried together and the, uh, the, the none more so than the cycle that, uh, Carl Urban's Judge Dredd rolls around on. Yeah. And, and they definitely went away from that whole futuristic feel. Um, they went with the more realistic, nitty-gritty kind of city. And I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I wasn't too heartbroken over not having futuristic cities because there was, you know, you saw the obvious technological advances. Um, it's just, it brought it more to my level, I guess, of realism because you always see those future movies that show all this insanely high tech stuff. And then you get there, AKA Blade Runner and none of it's even close. So with it taking a more realistic approach to what it's going to be like in roughly 50 years, it, it allowed me to enjoy it a little bit better. Look, if you're going to do futuristic cities, okay, you're talking total recall. That's 125 million bucks. Okay, Total Recall looks like 125 million bucks on a screen. It does, uh, beginning, middle, and end of. Oh, yeah. The Mega City and how that looks in the Stallone flick, you know, I can see every penny of that up on the screen. I really can. And, you know, it looks good. This flick, if they had tried to do that on 50, book, 50 million bucks, including the 3D, dude, it would have been utter shithouse. It would have actually been... 
like Blade Runner just like and I know Blade Runner's iconic and I'm not shitting on it or anything. I love Blade Runner, but it would look that bad. It would actually look as bad as the original Total Recall if they'd done that. Yeah, the the thing is like I mean, I guess they didn't really want to explode the budget on the outer city and advances there. It since looks good. The majority though. of the movie since the majority of the movie takes place in, in the block. So I mean, I can get the whole thing of not having everything look insanely futuristic. I, I was pleased with it. I was pleased with the appearance of the city. I was pleased with the appearance with the blocks and, and how they portrayed them in the movie. Yeah, I liked it because it fits in with the whole thing. You know, the world has gone shithouse. The place yeah. is in a fucking mess. I mean, if it's in a mess, I'm not expecting it to be like the world of Total Recall. In the way that... The, I'm not saying Total Recall, I'm talking the, the recent Colin Farrell one. Um, I wouldn't expect it to look like that. I would expect it to be like a dirtier, grimier version of what we have right now. The lawbringer or lawgiver, however, I'm not as impressed. Mm, I guess. I mean, it was pretty basic and just digitized. It wasn't anything, um incredible like it was all digital display uh it didn't really have any fancy design on it to say too much i didn't um, get the joke for me was it was a, i didn't feel as when he whipped that fucker out for the first time it didn't feel like uh you know if i pull this out i'm taking care of some fucking business it didn't feel like that to me like it this alone when i and i know we've there are people who beat up on it and the rest of it but you know the lawgiver and that flick was he pulled that out and you're like gonna be fucking some yeah. killings with that shit boy yeah I, the only thing i really liked about it is that they showed a lot more of the features of the lawgiver a lot more in detail such as like silencer the ammo switching the Most readouts definitely. things like that the self-destruction it, it was really really cool that they added a lot more detail of what the lawgiver can do it really wasn't that impressive or intimidating but it was still a it was still a good sized gun. It's something that looked more, um, I guess, more our day and age of what a gun would become, uh, as opposed to the futuristic type. Yeah, and I suppose that's the one thing which uh, which stands in its favor to to it. Um, I suppose one of the areas we need to talk about with this flick is the lack of any kind of script or story in this fucking movie. Well, the script itself, it seems as though that the story was less really based on Dread, but more based on Anderson. Um, the movie itself, I think they might have prepared for this to try and be a trilogy. Uh, the 10-page comic in the Judge Dread magazine uh, explains a lot more of um, the Psy Corp, or the Psy Judge, Uh Whereas this kind of introduces it really briefly um, in the movie. I got uh, to the end the of it and I actually building... felt like a TV show. Like I watched an hour and a half long um, pilot of a TV show. It kind of gives that impression because they don't really do a lot of character building on Dread. Um, they give some drop hints like when she tries to read his mind and sees something else going on. Um, in addition with... It, it really was angled to build on the character of Anderson, which, and this is a rookie, 
but in the storyline of Dredge, she wouldn't have been a rookie at this point. So with this sidetracked on the Judge, Judge Dredd story arc, um, it takes a really good aspect of trying to have people relate to Judge Dredd through the relationship that Anderson is perceiving through of him. So it's more so that Judge's, Judge Dredd is the main character, but Judge Anderson is the character that you're supposed to relate to, and that's how you're supposed to be seeing this world through. Yeah, um, I guess uh, for me, it, it, it still came, I still got to the end of it, and I felt like I hadn't watched a movie. I'd actually watched like a pilot for a TV series. It actually reminds me of the, the feeling that I got after watching the pilot for Aquaman that never materialized. It also <laughs> reminds me of the pilot of the Sarah Connor uh, Chronicles, the Terminator TV series. Mm. Reminds me of the pilot for that as well. Like it was, you got to the end, but it didn't feel like a movie. And I felt like I'd kind of been cheated in that respect because there is no real story. There is no character development. Uh, Lena Headey's character, or Mama, is, for me, it's just like it's a very one-dimensional character. It reminds me of some of the lesser characters in um, movies like The Spirit and everything else. You know, those kind of, those Frank Miller comics that got turned into movies, they remind me of sort of the very one-dimensional characters that are in those, and they're designed to be very one-dimensional. I thought her character was also very cliche. I mean, she's a fantastic actress. I loved her in Game of Thrones. thought she was awesome in the Terminator TV series as well, but it, it just did nothing for me. Her character did nothing for me. It's like, okay, so she was a petty criminal of sorts who got disfigured slightly and now she's gone on a fucking bender where have i seen this before oh that's right it's called the joker and you know what he's fucking terrifying yeah. she's not she bit some dude's cock off big fucking deal <laughs> that's terrifying to me that's <laughs> terrifying no but you <laughs> know in terms of like it's like could you get any more cliche well the whole aspect of her um a lot of her character building is done in that 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 ten page comic, unfortunately, which really sucks at least for North American viewers because we can't get the comics so readily, the magazine so readily, uh, because it does a lot of building on her character specifically and why she's doing it and what she's doing. Um, and that's a huge failing this week with that. Yeah, and it, the character itself in the movie. I mean, it's more so given a brief synapse of exactly why she's crazy, at least, um, and why she just doesn't give a shit about anything. Uh, it is very, very, very cliche of a small-time protagonist. The only thing you have to remember is, like, she is a villain in one block. That's it. Not exactly. a sector. She's a villain in one block. She and it's did... a block they don't even visit yeah. very often at all. And you're actually told this. This is the first time I think we've had a judge yeah. down here because you guys don't seem to come down here a lot. And it's like, okay, so why the fuck am I focusing on this? And why is this lady so goddamn important if that's the case? And you know what it reminds me of? the um, A really shitty parody of Cops. 
Well, that's the whole thing is like the way that they take the aspect of this movie is more so directed to this is something that escalated while the judge was there doing something routinely. So it's not something that would have been discovered so readily. And it's kind of like they were thrown into the shit without it really needing to be done. They even say that in the movie specifically where the judge, Dredd is like, I don't think we'd be in this situation if we just killed you. Exactly. But the thing is, that would be breaking the law if they just killed him since they have him alive and stuff like that. So that's, I went into the expectation and already knowing that, you know, this is a movie not on a main character in Judge Dredd. It's his own storyline, but sticking to the ju- the Judge Dredd mythology, and it delivered that to me. Um, with it being a very minor character, it really didn't show like this huge power struggle, but more so the operation in the world of a judge. And I really like that, even though that Anderson isn't a rookie in the main stories, that going from the rookie's aspect, this is her first time seeing all this or going into the judge's world, and this is our first time going into the mm-hmm. judge's world. So that's why I really, really liked it and really think that it was delivered really well. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of agree with you in that respect, but it, it, it's it's... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not shitting on this movie completely, okay? In terms of, if you are a diehard Judge Dredd fan, and as in, you will accept nothing less than your beloved Judge Dredd, as you have come to expect it and intend it from your comic books, yeah, you'll enjoy this flick. For me, I don't like the fact that to understand more about the protagonist and why I give a shit about this protagonist in this flick... I have to go to an outside source in a comic book to do so. It's fucking icky and it's fucking lazy. In one of our other podcasts, myself and James were talking about this thing. Uh, we were talking about it briefly to say, but at World of Warcraft, there was this scenario for the launch, pre-launch of uh, the recent expansion, Mists of Pandaria, where to understand what the hell was going on, you basically had to go and buy this book to read it to understand what the hell you just experienced on your screen 35 seconds previously yeah and you know it's fucking lazy and that's the major downfall of this movie is that it doesn't feel as though it's fully complete um it really as you mentioned it really does kind of feel like it's an hour and a half episode uh overall the movie itself as an action film i thought was very uh very well perceived while keeping close to the judge dread story so in general like i i would see it a second time um it's rough going as a flick though and that's the one thing you have like people i think need to be aware of like where people may have a familiarity with the level of violence that actually happens in judge dread storylines and comics you need to be aware for this flick is there is an awful lot of stuff in this which is tough going and it is difficult to sit through and i'm not saying that as a dude who's rocked up into his 30s and has suddenly got a little bit more conservative about things but you know it is rough and the the it does go out of its way to be brutal as possible the r rating itself covers with it that there is extreme levels of violence and extremely graphical violence and they they are really really uh they've harped on that quite an awful lot and it is intentional by the the movie developers the 3d is used to 
highlight it and to and to emphasize it a lot the every single activity like where you see even someone being thrown off a building and you have that sense where you're actually following them down till their head actually crushes the the pavement just like it is hard going it is hardcore there is a fuck ton of violence like people getting skinned you're talking serious shit um it 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 there is a lot to take in with this yeah but overall on a rating scale i would probably give it maybe maybe at a five probably like a for an action movie probably like 3.5 to 4 out of 5 for a judge dread movie i would give it about a four um it's not perfect it's exactly where i think it should be as an introduction film unfortunately i think it falls short as a movie overall for like an action movie where it might not see it becoming a trilogy like they wanted to you know what after i sort of watched this flick and i kind of thought about it a lot and everything else you know what if someone said to me would i watch this flick again no i'd have zero interest in watching someone said to me dude i want to watch the slice alone judge dread flick for all of its fucking flaws if i wanted to watch it again i'd happily sit there and watch it because you know because it does it, just i don't i feel like when i watch dread 3d i'm being cheated on so many fronts i'm being cheated on that this movie can only be watched in 3d i feel like i'm being cheated in watching a movie that should actually be a tv series pilot show uh, i feel like i'm being cheated that there is no real story that i never at any stage feel any real jeopardy for the characters i don't feel any investment as to whether uh i want to see uh the protagonist mama actually get her fucking shit handed to her like it, it is what it is i mean if you if you if you want like a your pure i think this is as close you're going to get to your pure dread movie if they manage to greenlight another one off the back of this you are not going to get another repeat of this or get like a one which is literally page to your screen that ain't gonna happen i think this you're having your judge dread moment and if you it may not happen again so if you haven't seen it i'd suggest you take your ass to a theater you get your 3d glasses on hand over your 14 15 bucks and go watch it but i can't see them green lighting uh the follow-ups to this which would actually then give a better context to it can't see that happening yeah, same. I, I don't really see the trilogy taking off, unfortunately. Now, this might spur something into a TV series, possibly, because I think it would do extremely well if they are able to keep it ongoing. Um, there's a or, lot in the Judge Dredd world that they could do that. Or someone stuck their fucking Brave hat on and went to make an animated version of this. Yeah, I think the animated version, especially with the, the takeoff on a lot of different DC animated versions of, of comics right now, I think, and they're doing phenomenal sales. The Dark Knight Returns did amazing. Um, they have other comics, uh, like the Superman ones, um, like the World's Finest, things like that. They all did amazing in, in DVD sales. And for something that has such a cult following, um, something like Judge Dredd, or Watchmen, things like that, they're not always going to do phenomenal in the box office because it takes a little bit of knowledge of beforehand to just jump into it. They're speaking to a specific group of people with these kind of flicks. That is definitely... Yeah. They're, they're not speaking to someone who's like, you know what, I've, 
I fancy watching a flick. Maybe we should go watch this. They aren't speaking to that crowd. That crowd, okay, they might go watch the flick, but, you know, they're an extreme majority. They're talking to a specific group of people. It's I, I'd kind of put it akin to, um, I want to talk to the guys who love playing Monopoly or Connect 4. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, as I mentioned, I, I would see it again. You wouldn't. Um... I'm not sure if I'd pay to go see it in the box office. I'd probably wait for it in Blu-ray and definitely buy it. That's your key, James. That's your key yeah. right there. I wouldn't go watch it again in the box office. If it was, if this was the Dread 3D movie that you were really expecting, I can guarantee you the words out of your mouth would be, I would actually I want to go watch that again. In fact, you know what? I've actually already watched it again, and I'm going to watch it again in the box office while yeah. I can until they kick it out into DVD because this thing just got me fucking excited. But you... You you're not at that stage of it. Yeah, it's definitely no Avengers. So <laughs> that and I paid so much money to see it so many times. Joe, you know what's funny is the we just touched on it there briefly. The Dark Knight Returns Part One DVD that came out. Do you know how many times I've actually watched that? I'm already into double digits as to how many times I've actually rewatched it. Oh, I can rewatch it over and over again. Yeah, I I actually picked it up on the 25th when it came out the avengers i haven't checked out the um the dark knight returns just yet but avengers i already watched once since getting the blu-ray um the dark knight returns is on my next list uh because i also have some of the other dc director dvds that i need to watch as well but uh it's definitely high anticipation <laughs> yeah no it's uh, it, it's like it's a dread like i would there was part of me was like yeah i want to see this i want to see what these guys are doing, they've stripped off the, someone in Hollywood's put a pair of balls on and went, you know what, we'll take a risk and we'll go and do it. And You know, it's not, okay, it's not a bad movie, it just doesn't meet with, it doesn't sit with me. I don't like the, it, it's, it's a non-movie for me. It's, it's, it doesn't even give me the same level of excitement and interest as, say, picking up a Dread comic does. It doesn't even give me that, because I, I don't feel like the characters are in jeopardy I don't feel like the world is a completely wild beast that's ready to like strip your face straight off the skull itself, and you get that in the comic, and you ju- you just never get it in this. There's never really any uh, there's never really any real danger. There's never really any there's never really any jeopardy that I feel it's there and I often feel that the violence that's in the flick and the way it's portrayed is actually done for no other reason than to say we've just made you a Judge Dredd flick that's R-rated and look we're doing we're actually like showing and highlighting to you some pretty fucking violent stuff it's like being scary for the sake of yeah exactly well with that I think that brings us close to an end it Um, does so Final Thoughts is pretty much wrapped up where check it out on DVD if you're not really going to you know, go to the box office and drop the cash on it. It's definitely worth for pickup on the DVD uh, or Blu-ray um, if you are a Judge Dredd fan. Uh, if you're not, it's a decent action flick, but you might have better luck and more enjoyable time watching something that had more high octane action like the avengers this the avengers or um the raid redemption uh, yes actually do you know what 
watch go watch the raid redemption instead you know what because it's the same fucking movie but it's actually better and it's without the bullshit yep for those who don't know raid redemption takes place on one building as well so that's why it's a full action movie or go watch the americanized ver- uh, movie version of the movie but you need 3d and yeah all right, all right. and that brings us nicely to it guys just to give you a heads up as well as uh, myself and James are looking to bring some exciting new features to the podcast in the future Uh, we've actually we're in the process of lining up a couple of interviews as well that we're going to be doing on a couple of casts so uh, there's going to be some really interesting times ahead thank you for staying with us so far thanks for joining us on this podcast I'll see you guys next week have a good day welcome to episode Thanks for listening to this episode of the Origin Z Retcon podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Origin Z Retcon, where you can send us your comments about the show using the hashtag OZRCP. You can also check out our Tumblr, OriginZRetcon.tumblr.com. Retcon.tumblr.com.